Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. Welcome to the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway, where you'll learn the keys to building a profitable speaking business from speaking industry pros. Each week, we interview a great guest who will share his or her speaking journey, identify what their keys to success have been, and highlight some critical mistakes they've made along the way that you'll want to avoid. Be sure to visit our website at spotlightonspeaking.com. And while you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now, sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet this week's guest. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. I am your host, Brett Ridgway, and I'm excited to have as my guest today, Judith Quinn. Judith is a multi-award-winning vocal confidence specialist who works from the premise that there is no such thing as a fear of public speaking. She combines acting, coaching, and mindset skills with voice, vibration, and sound work to help release restrictions. When you can express yourself with clarity, confidence, and conviction, no matter the situation, you not only liberate your voice, you liberate your life. Judith is also an international public speaker, author, and member of the Association of Transformational Leaders of Europe. Welcome, Judith Quinn, to the Spotlight on Speaking show. Thank you so much. It always, it always sounds so impressive to me when I hear my bio back. I'm like, oh, wow, is that really <laughs> Wow, me? I did all that? I did all that? Wow. Me? Surely. <laughs> All right, Judith. So I want to I want to talk about your speaking journey a little bit first because as mm-hmm. in the intro, you are an international speaker. So how did you get into speaking in the first place? And what kind of speaker do you consider yourself in terms of a are you a keynoter or are you a platform seller or do you just do it for business awareness, business building type thing? So take it take us back a little bit. How do you even get started in this game in the first place? Okay, so I would mostly consider myself a combination of an educational speaker and uh, who has who has some damn good keynotes that need to be heard more <laughs> um, so but and by educational don't i don't mean within the education systems i mean within the process of going into companies and sharing and with sharing on platforms other people's platforms so that's sort of where i fit mostly and for example the woman who I have spoken with internationally she runs her own business and she invited me to speak to her audience about what I do several times so it's that combination of selling and keynote and motivational and business Uh, so that's where I fit my journey my first Proper public speaking, as it were, official public speaking uh, event would have been when I was 15, 14, 14 or 15 at school as a member of the public speaking team. So there were inter-school, well, we had an internal public speaking competition in our school and there was an inter-school public speaking competition as well. So 
I remember every terrifying moment of that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was an obvious choice for that because I have, I've always been a performer. So my background was in, um, as a classically trained professional actress. Um, and, but before I trained, I mean, the first show I remember doing was at Playgroup. And I would have been four or maybe five playing Mary in the Christmas nativity play. <laughs> <laughs> so being on stage in front of people speaking in performance terms has always been something that I have loved, thrive on, delight in as an actor in performance, which is very different to being a speaker. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to, to say at the outset. So my, yes, and so then my first public speaking foray was in that school competition. And for my business, it sort of, it developed from being invited to speak um, largely by a woman called Sammy Blindell, who runs a business called How to Build a Brand uh, and Ripple Makers. She was running events in Canada, America, the Netherlands, the UK. I think I did something in France with her as well. And she would invite speakers to add value for her clients. And I was one of the speakers she would regularly get to, to do that. Um, and from there, yeah, various, I just realized that it's an obvious thing as I am a vocal confidence specialist and coach, helping other people speak, that it was important that I was also on stages. And so then I just started applying to speak on other people's stages, whether that was, uh, whether that's their events or whether it is a bigger sort of exhibition event where there are speaking slots available. Mm -hmm. um, I'm putting myself forward in that way. So that that's me. And of course I speak a lot. I run at my own workshops as well. So that's always a, a platform where I can speak for days. So when you are doing those keynotes, Judith, is it always on the subject of vocal confidence or do you have other topics that you cover as well? I do have other topics. It all links to voice. But so, for example, I have a talk that I take into companies, which is called Stop Suffering in Silence. And that relates to how not speaking up, and I don't mean public speaking, I mean just not sharing your voice, can negatively impact mental health. So I take that into companies to encourage employees to communicate when they have challenges. Um, so everything is around the voice, uh, but it's not always necessarily to do with public speaking. So between keynote speaking and platform selling, which is your preferred format of speaking? Keynote. Okay. Why? Um... It's interesting, actually. So with platform selling, I always treat it more like a keynote because actually that's it's about creating connection. If you're if you're speaking to sell, the number one thing you need to do is create connection. So for me, that's always my process, um, largely because I have issues with some of the selling processes that uh, you see on stage a lot and you can see it coming a mile away and yeah. you're like oh okay now they're doing this bit now they're doing that 
traffic. And obviously, it's my arena, so I can see it more clearly than many people in the audience. But um, but yeah, the keynote because also there's there's zero pressure on that. It's the only you can really be completely connected to your higher purpose and sharing your message, and it's all about the potential positive impact on others. Whereas the selling is always, there's always a pressure to either cover your own costs or to be make, you know, so that other people are making money out of you. So they invite you back and all of that stuff. So when you're preparing a keynote presentation, how do you structure it in terms of flexibility or modularity to be able to adapt it to a given time frame? You find out the event's running behind, they need to cut you by 15 minutes or, or whatever. How do you approach that when you're preparing a keynote? Personally, I always work from bullets and that there is never, it's never covering anything more than three points. And then those three points, you can either expand or contract as much as you have the time to expand or contract. So that's for me, that's the one overarching theme broken down into an introduction, much like you know, how we were taught to write essays in school. You know, introduction, three key points, conclusion, one overarching theme. Then you can expand or contract any of those points given whatever the situation is. So as a keynote speaker, how do you measure whether a speech has been successful or not? The actress in me just wants to say the round of applause, dear boy. <laughs> um, which sometimes it is, right? It's it's that it's engagement, and the engagement doesn't have to be the massive round of applause. It is, especially in a live room, it's always easier in a live room because there is the energy mm -hmm. between speaker and audience, and. And it's I, I can't relate to this as, as a non-actor because obviously my background is in acting. Um, but I'm sure non-actor speakers feel it too. You know when you've got the audience with you. There's a mm -hmm. there's there are nights in a show and there's times when you're speaking when you know you have the audience in the palm of your hand and you can take them with you anywhere. And that's that's a feeling, um, so, and it, because the, because the energy in the room is going both ways. Right. So it's it's that it's that for me is the, is the measure really. And then you have the other more measurable measures of things like applause, people nodding, smiles. Um, I usually all my talks are interactive in one way, shape, form, or another. So you see, especially in the UK, where people are a little bit more reserved and less inclined to want to interact, there's always a bell curve of you see the interaction increasing when other people see it. So that's always an indication. And then there's the feedback, the people coming up to you afterwards. Oh, the, oh, the, the young woman, when I spoke in Albania, uh, I did my talk 
what talk did I do in Albania? Your audience don't care about you. One of my keynotes. And I have an exercise that I do in that, which I'm not going to reveal because that would take away the surprise, um, where I do something that's quite surprising for people. Um, and that talk to 250 people on someone else's stage. And at the end, the loads of people came up to me to say thank you, which again is immeasurable, but it was this one young woman, must have been 19, who came up to me and she said, if you can do what you've just done on stage in front of 250 people, I can raise my hand in a lecture at university and ask a question. Mm-hmm. And that for me, that's success. That is what I refer that I I refer to them as heart blossom moments. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's that. And I think that's really important for speakers, especially people who are starting out. You can't be everything to everybody. Not everyone in the room is going to be for you. And you are not going to be for everyone in that room. But when you have one person, and I had more than one person that day, it was lovely, but that one in particular in particular, stands out to me. And it's those heart blossom moments. So knowing you have impacted that one person. Uh, the one woman in the law firm where I went to do a lunch and learn for my Stop Suffering in Silence keynote. And it really impacts on quite some of the heavy stuff of mental health and my own personal uh, unhealthy mental health journey and the woman who came up to me and shared that she'd been having suicidal thoughts and I was the first person she'd shared that with and as a result of my talk she was going to go and get help that that to me is how I measure success so as a, a keynote presenter Judith what would you say maybe are your three top tips for success for a person as a keynote speaker Clarity. Be clear on your message. Be clear on your purpose for speaking. Really, really, really important. Uh, And side note, make that purpose something to do with the impact you're having. Um, So yeah, clarity would definitely be the first one. Consistency. You know, consistently keep putting yourself out there, even if you get the knockbacks or you don't know where you're going to be speaking next. Just consistently be be consistent with your message and be consistent with putting yourself forward to being put out there. And the third one would be ask. Ask. Ask everyone. It, that talk I did in Albania, which was 2018, 2017, 2017. Um, the woman who was running the event, I didn't know until afterwards, everyone else on that stage was speaking to paying to speak, but she'd put a post up on Facebook saying something about, I've still got a space, da, 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 da. Um, and I didn't get, I was quite at the beginning of this, this business and so I paid for my ticket to the conference and my flight and my hotel, like it wasn't paid for. 
but I did not pay her to speak. Mm-hmm. And everyone else, I didn't realize until later, were one of her clients. They were working with her. They were mm-hmm. so. But if I hadn't asked, if I hadn't just gone, yeah, I've got this. She put a thing up going, I've got one space left. Who would like to? And I said, me. Da, 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 da. Like, so ask is the third thing. Well, I think that's so important. I, I do a lot of work with a local youth center. I, do, I tell kids all the time, half of success in life is just showing up, being there, being present. And then you just never know what's going to happen from there. So I do have a couple other questions I want to ask you, Judith. But before we do, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur who's had great success in the business world? And now you want to launch a speaking career to share your message with the world. If that's you, then listen up. 25-year speaking industry veteran Brett Ridgway has released his latest special report, Three Key Things Entrepreneurs Must Master to Build a Profitable Speaking Business. To pick up your copy, go to brettridgeway.com forward slash freebie. And we are back with the Spotlight on a Speaking Show. My guest this week is Judith Quinn. And Judith, one of my more favorite questions to ask my guest always is, okay, bear your soul a little bit here. And maybe share an embarrassing moment or two or mistake that you made as a speaker that you would highly advise aspiring speakers not to make. Oh, gorgeous. Um, well, I'm going to have to contemplate this one. You see, I don't know whether I tell people not to make it. Because you learn so much quicker and better by doing it. <laughs> but if you're going to be controversial... Be aware of the boundaries. So one of the first big events that I spoke at, my talk was called Speaking Your Truth. And there was an example I was using about about communication and how if we haven't asked for what we need or if we haven't set boundaries, then we need to take some element of responsibility if we keep allowing things to happen or when things happen. So if we haven't set the boundaries, then, you know, if you haven't said anything and you haven't spoken your truth and you haven't said, uh, actually, no, could you not, whatever it is, then how is the other person supposed to know? Unless, of course, what they're doing is, you know, illegal. (laughs) Anyway, I used an example on... I can't even remember what the example was now, but it was something about, you know, if someone at work is touching you in a way you don't like, they stroke your shoulder or whatever. And, you know, like they give you a squeeze because they're a tactile person. Or if uh, in business meetings, I always reach out my hand forward and then I take my left hand uh, to the outside and I always say, are you a hugger or a shaker? Because I'm a hugger. But I've realized that shakers really find that an invasion of your privacy. And I said, but if I didn't do that and I automatically hugged people, mm-hmm. but they never told me, actually, Judith, I, I don't like it, then that's partly their fault. That's partly their responsibility. So I used an analogy a bit like that. And I was partway through it and a woman stood up and I said, it's something about women, women and men. And it's like, you know, well, if the women don't say, actually, that's out of, you know, no. And it's not illegal behavior then how how are the men supposed to know? Um, And this woman, you're setting 
you're setting female rights back a hundred years. How dare you, Bella? She literally stood up, laid into me, attacked me, finger pointing. And you have to remember, this is my first sort of big event that I was speaking at. Didn't hadn't let me get to the end of the analogy stormed out of the room you could have heard a pin drop so I mean literally my heart rate was racing I was flushing I was there's the embarrassment there's the shame there's the oh my god did I that's not what I meant did I did I offend them did I oh have I been taken wrong have I just put this whole room against me um you literally could have heard a pin drop and someone in the audience went whoa that was harsh and by this point, thankfully, I'd had a moment to take a breath and thank God for the title of my talk. And I just went, well, yes, but she was just speaking her truth. And then, of course, everyone laughed and we broke the energy and I got on with the rest of the talk. So I would say if you know that you're going to be giving a slightly controversial point of view, make sure you've thought it through because um, I didn't give the caveat in advance like I did when I was just explaining it here. So, so uh, yeah. another question for me, and that is, how do you handle? What's your advice for how to handle a heckler in the audience, or somebody who is very vociferous about something against what you said? Yeah, well, I mean, actually, she, she walked herself against... out of the room, but <laughs> she did. Um, it can also be someone who's really vociferously supportive of you. They can be actually just as disruptive to a talk because whether they're going yes and and they're trying to give their story or yes I agree or da, 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 which is great but just as much as oh who do you think you are or whatever I'm blessed that is the only time I've actually had any of that kind of heckling but I would say to a point let them let them finish and then say thank you for your Thank you for your perspective. Uh, if you'd like to talk to me about it afterwards, that's great. If this talk isn't for you, please feel free to leave. I won't be offended. And then carry on. Mm -hmm. And then you you give that you give that open invitation to anyone else. And, and if anyone else is 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 here thinking actually this person this talk's not for me, please do leave because I am aware that I don't like or agree, and I say this to everyone actually, so here's a, here's a handy hint for aspiring speakers out there. I will ask you the question, do you like or agree with everyone you've ever heard speak? No. So then why the expletive should everyone like or agree with you? When we get rid of that desire for all of the room to be going, oh, yes, yes, yes. It gives you permission to let other people actually, as I would I would deal with that, say, you know, either come and talk to me later, or if this isn't for you, please, anyone who's actually sat here thinking, oh, this talk, not really me, please do leave. I won't be offended mm -hmm. because I don't like or agree with everyone, and I don't expect everyone to like or agree with me. Oh, that's great advice. So I want to go now, Judith, into a little bit more about you work with speakers, obviously. So talk a little bit more about what it is that you do with speakers and how people can get involved in your world if they so choose. I work both with speakers and with people who need to speak as a part of their business. So whether that is networking or delivering presentations or speaking at conference, 
I help people create speeches um, more on the educational side. I'm I can help people create like a motivational talk, but I'd probably recommend a couple of my colleagues for that if that's really where people wanted to go. I am all about the confidence to speak. So I work with you to work on those subconscious niggles, the conscious niggles, the fears, the uncertainties, the worries, so that when you go up to speak, you are in your whole self and you're feeling whole as opposed to worrying about oh, what will they think of me or oh, are they going to judge me? Am I going to do it right? So it's really I work with the confidence to go out there and share your voice. I do that one to one um, online for those who are not in the UK and can't get to me easily. Um, or if you know you want to pay me to fly to wherever you are and work with you, that's fine, too. I have online courses and I run in-person courses again mostly in the UK, but if you have an organization or something that wants to fly me out to wherever you are, I can do that too. And the primary URL where people should go to if they wish to see what you have available for the online courses, etc. It is yourwholevoice.com. And in my in my social medias are mostly your whole voice as well. All right. Well we'll make sure that is in the show notes down below. Now, you used a, a term that I'm not that familiar with. So is niggles a UK term? Niggle. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe it's <laughs> British English. Uh, a niggle is something that is an irritation. So it, it, it niggles away at you, we say. So it's like it um, plays on your mind. It's not a big thing. It's just it's like a nibbling irritation. All right. Well, that would be niggling on my mind all afternoon now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank everybody for joining us for this episode of the Spot Out on Speaking Show. Thank you to my guest, Judith Quinn, for sharing her wisdom with everybody. Again, yourwholevoice.com is where you can check out what a Judith has to offer. And as always, I encourage you to go to the spotoutonspeaking.com site and register there for your favorite service and you can be notified of when new episodes come out. But as always, I wish you the greatest success in all that you do. And may this year be your greatest year yet. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you. This has been the Spotlight on Speaking Show with Brett Ridgway. Be sure to join us every week as we interview speaking industry pros and have them share their best tips for building a profitable speaking business. Until next week, thank you for tuning in. And remember to visit our website at SpotlightOnSpeaking.com so you can enjoy even more great episodes like this one. While you're here, be sure to subscribe via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Spotlight on Speaking show. Until then, our sincere best wishes to you for the greatest of success as you work to build your own profitable speaking business.